And like I was saying earlier, you're tuned into Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live, and we're going to start the show off today with a little Lincoln Park and a song called Crawling, and you're going to want to turn it up for this one. Chester Bennington with Lincoln Park and a song called Crawling. Once again, it's Friday night, 6 p.m. You're tuned in to Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. I'm on every Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. 
Hopefully you're all out there listening. It's a music and talk radio show. We usually cover uh, issues in Vermont, national news, things going on around the world, things that you see on social media. It's not a news show, really, but it is an opinion show, which is my opinion. And I'm an independent, and I always have been. Leaning towards the right because uh, the left isn't what it used to be, folks. The days of John F. Kennedy and Camelot are long gone. And uh, what we're seeing nowadays from the Democrats is it's like a competition to see who's the craziest. Every day you turn on the news and it's something different. I swear it's like a competition. They want to give you everything for free. Socialism has taken over. They want to give you free college education which is all great and fine and dandy if we could actually afford to do that. But actually, what we need to do and what we're starting to see trending is the fact that a lot of people realize that a lot of jobs don't really require you to have a college education. As I've always said, whether I've been on the radio or television, I've always said that on-the-job training is more important than higher education. And that's what the philosophy in this country has always been, folks. You can get a job out of high school, start at the bottom, work your way to the top. And that way, when you get to the top, you could handle any position in the company. And you deserve being at the top. And they're starting to realize that again once a day, folks. They're starting to realize that most jobs don't require a college education. And now that a lot of the production jobs are coming back from overseas, people are literally having to be trained to do these production jobs. Because we used to be a country of working with our hands. But we let all that go when they created NAFTA. All the jobs got sucked out of the United States like a massive vacuum. And these countries have been doing our production jobs for decades now. And they're sitting on stockpiles of money. And they're bringing it back into the United States, investing it into real estate. And you see a lot of that in Democrat-controlled states, such as California and New York. And also right here in Vermont. You see how a lot of people are coming to the United States. They're building these multi-million dollar houses. They're paying cash for them. A lot of them are sitting there empty. Especially in California. And they're taking over. Because when you have so many properties in your neighborhood... They're multi-million dollar homes, such as, for instance, in California. Your property gets reassessed. And all of a sudden, you can't afford your property taxes. And you can't afford to live there anymore. So you're forced to sell your home and move. You know, folks, there's more than one way to take control of a country than going to war. 
you can just invade it financially. As like I was just saying, the cases in California, for instance, it's happening in New York, it's happening right here in Vermont, it's happening all over the United States. And like I said, can you imagine if a Democrat became the president of the United States? Every one of them wants to drop the borders. And if they did, and these people that are very wealthy from around the world came to the United States and just started building all of these properties that were far more valuable than yours, and then your property got raised in price and you couldn't afford to live there anymore, what would you do? Could possibly try to find another state to live in. You could go live in the streets, like a lot of people are in California, for instance. I saw a show on television saying they encourage people to move to the island of Belize because it's really cheap to live there. And a lot of elderly people in the United States are living on Social Security. And they were saying that a person could live pretty comfortably on Social Security on the island of Belize. That's what it's coming to, honest to God, folks. You have to move out of the United States and find a company, a country that is cheaper to live in, such as Belize. A lot of people are moving to Portugal. That's becoming the reality, folks. Like I said, you don't have to physically go to war with the United States to take control. You can just come over and financially take control of our real estate and force everybody out. And that's very possible if a Democrat becomes a president of the United States because they all want to drop the borders. They all want to tax you and me 70 to 80% of our income. And that would force a lot of people out of the country, wouldn't you say? Does that sound very American to you? To become the president and then force everyone to pay 70 to 80% of their income in taxes? That's not even socialism, folks. That's like straight out communism. And even worse things than that. So, like I said, my show's on every week for two hours. It's my independent point of view. It's some of the things that I've learned from talking to people on the street. It's the average person's opinion, basically. This article right here talks about Bernie Sanders. A lot of people in Vermont like Bernie Sanders. And a lot of people don't. Myself, personally, it's not whether I like him or not. I look at his political history. He's been involved in politics for about 40 years. And the only thing that he has accomplished, literally, is the renaming of two libraries. That's it, folks. He has been riding the gravy train for 30 to 40 years. Can you imagine that? And accomplish nothing. So he's running for president again. Now, the first time around, I sat right here and I said, Bernie's an old man who has accomplished nothing. Now, 
at the age of 78 years old, he does not want to be the president of the United States. Think about it, folks. Use a little common sense. So, Hillary needed somebody that would definitely lose the nomination to her. The first time around she ran for president, she thought it would be some young congressman named Obama. Right? A greenhorn. She was wrong. She lost the nomination. She lost the presidency to Obama, a freshman congressman who spent his first term in office raising money and writing a book saying that when push come to shove, he would stick with his Muslim brotherhood. You may laugh. Can you believe that? I can't believe it to this day. So the next time around she runs for president, she says, I've got to find somebody that's a bigger loser than Obama thought she, you know, he won. So anyhow, they find Bernie Sanders, a guy who's been involved in politics for about 40 years and accomplished nothing besides renaming two libraries. So she figures, I'm definitely going to win a nomination for the Democrats, and I will be the next president of the United States. Well, folks, comes to find out she wasn't going to get the nomination for president from the Democrats. Bernie was going to. But from what we've all read throughout different platforms of social media, the DNC was broke. They needed some money. And supposedly Hillary gave them $20 million and stole the nomination from Bernie Sanders. Now, being a person who talks the talk and walks the walk, claiming that he would stand up for his rights and your rights and defend the Constitution and represent the people of the United States of America. But did he? Uh, no, sir, he did not. He did not stand up for his rights or your rights or my rights. He let Hillary Rodham Clinton steal the Democrat nomination from him, supposedly. And then she was their candidate to run for president of the United States. But like I said, folks, from day one here, about three years ago, I said that Bernie is an old man definitely does not want to be the president of the United States. And he was just in it to take the heat off of Hillary and her emails, 33,000, which are to this day still missing. Supposedly, Lee, those emails were all about her grandchildren, Chelsea's wedding, things like that. 33,000 emails. Can you imagine that? I mean, a lot of people talk about their kids and stuff and their grandkids, but not to the tune of 33,000 emails. No way. So, Bernie, as I said, was in it for the money. And from what we read, he recently purchased another home on Lake Champlain in Vermont for over $600,000. Pretty good for a guy that's uh, been on a political gravy train all his life. You know, I don't know how these politicians, they get involved in politics and they're 
broke, they have no money, and then when they leave office, they're worth millions and millions and millions of dollars on a congressman's salary. How is that possible, folks? So, as I've been saying here, is history about to repeat itself? You know, one day Bernie's the front runner. The next day Elizabeth Warren's the front runner. The next day Joe Biden is the front runner. And then they're talking about Hillary might jump into the race at the last minute. And if she does, folks, I don't think that's fair. You know, she hasn't been to any of the debates or anything. She hasn't held any rallies. Did she go out and get the signatures to run for president yet? She won't, but people will for her. I'm sure there's a deadline that she has to put her signatures in and get her name on the presidential ballot. But if she does, that would be pretty dirty, wouldn't it? Like I said, I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a liberal, I'm not a progressive, I'm an independent. But from an independent point of view, whether I like any of them or not, it's a pretty rotten thing to do if Hillary decides to jump into the presidential race at the last minute and once again steal the nomination from Bernie Sanders. Do you think Bernie would be getting another house on the lake if that happens? Well, we'll just have to stay tuned, won't we, folks? But I don't believe Bernie's going to be the Democrat nomination this time around. He had a heart attack recently. He called it everything but a heart attack. And finally, they had to come out, the Democrat Party, and admit that Bernie, yes, did have a heart attack. And he's a 78-year-old man. A lot of people are wondering if he's physically, actually, going to be here for November election 2020. And that's realistically speaking. He's a 78-year-old man who had a heart attack. He had to have some stints put in. You know... He claims that he's back on a vigorous campaign. He has to say that, folks, because otherwise he's going down in the polls and he's going to be losing donation money. And if he is back into a vigorous campaign, will he be able to handle it physically? Says right here, Sanders plans to release his health records by the end of the year. Why not now? Anybody that's familiar with going to the doctors knows that the doctors writes out reports. They put them on the website. You can go to the website and you can see your medical records and reports. So there's no reason why Bernie cannot release his records now. There's no reason for Bernie to release his records by the end of the year. So it says right here, Democrat presidential candidate Bernie Sanders is planning to release his health records by end of the year. The White House hopeful addressed his health in Iowa this last Thursday, which was yesterday, ahead 
on his first campaign trial appearance since he suffered a heart attack earlier in the month. He has repeatedly promised to release his health records, right? He, I'll read that again. He has repeatedly promised to release his health records at some time, but he outlined a likely timeline in an interview with the Associated Press. Sanders said, I want to make it comprehensive. The answer is I will, probably by the end of the year. Campaign manager Fayez Shakur later said more definitely that Sanders plans to release the records by the end of December. Well, that is the end of the year, isn't it? He expects the statement from Sanders' physician to show Sanders has made a full recovery from the heart attack. Well, logically speaking, folks, when you have a heart attack and they have to put stints in, you are never going to make a full recovery. As I said, he's a 78-year-old man. Things are starting to fall apart. That's just how it is when you get older. So, if he became president, who would his vice president be that would take charge? Well, recently we've seen uh, Alexandria Cortez, also known as AOC, the taco waitress from New York, Bernie's original hometown, not Vermont. She's hanging out with Bernie. So is she thinking, if Bernie drops dead, God forbid, right? Don't want to see harm to nobody, folks. She would be the new president of the United States of America. That's smart thinking on her behalf. Can you imagine having a taco waitress as the president of the United States of America? You know, this is a woman that has been going around saying that the world is going to come to an end in 12 years due to climate change. Can you imagine this person being the president of the United States of America? <laughs> I cannot, folks. I definitely, most definitely cannot. So, if she didn't become president, who's next in line? Would Nancy Pelosi still be the Speaker of the House? She would be the next president of the United States. Now, can you imagine Nancy Pelosi being the president of the United States? This woman, honest to God, folks, you've seen her on television. I've seen her. We've all seen her. I'm not making this up. This woman cannot speak a coherent sentence. She stammers. Her teeth are half falling out of her mouth. I don't know what's going on with this woman. She looks like she's had about several nervous breakdowns. And she looks at people like a deer struck in the headlights. And in the back of her mind... She's probably wondering, are these people looking at me like I'm still crazy? That's the impression I get from her, folks. I get that impression from a lot of them. 
I get the impression from a lot of them that they're on some pretty heavy medications. And the devil is playing the bongos in their heads. <laughs> it's like from that Adam Sandler movie, Little Nicky, where he was the son of the devil. And he would look at this woman and he said, the devil is playing the bongos in her head. <laughs> yeah, folks, that's just what I'm thinking and the impression that I'm getting from some of these folks. This article right here. Representative Tim Ryan drops out of the Democrat presidential race. Now, did anybody even know this guy was in the race? I didn't really know he was in the race. I didn't see him in the last couple of debates. They're starting to drop out like flies, folks. They can't meet the requirements to stay in the race. So it says, Democratic Rep. Tim Ryan of Ohio is dropping out of the presidential race. Ryan, who failed to gain traction and qualify for recent Democratic debates, announced his withdrawal on Twitter Thursday, which was yesterday. Did anybody even know this guy exists? Did they even know he was on Twitter? I sure didn't, and I'm the guy that sits here and reads these articles every week. He said he will instead seek re-election next year to his U.S. House seat. Ryan says he ran to give voice to the forgotten people and businesses in the country that have been left behind, and he wants to continue that in his congressional race. The congressman's most recent fundraising report showed that he had only $158,000 on hand. Well, I don't know about you folks, but I consider that to be a pretty good amount of money, wouldn't you? Only $158,000 on hand. God only knows where that money's going to go to. Probably right into uh, one of his offshore bank accounts. Nobody ever keeps track of the money. That's like when Hillary was Secretary of State. They said there was like $8 billion missing from her department. You know, how is it that $8 billion is missing from her department when she was Secretary of State? Did she actually haul the money away in a wheelbarrow like Granny on the Beverly Hillbillies? Did she uh, transfer the money into one of her offshore bank accounts? using Bitcoin? Or maybe she's going to use the new currency owned and controlled by Facebook, which is called Libra. You know, folks, in my opinion, this Bitcoin and this Libra is a bunch of BS and it's just a way to launder money. That's all it is. Non-traceable currency. It's not even currency. It's just a figment of the imagination. It's a, just another way to launder money. That's all it is. You know, in my opinion, if you were not a country, like the Vatican, <laughs> that's another scam too right there, the Vatican. They have their own currency, but they are not a country. 
And the Pope says we should not build walls. But they got one heck of a tall wall around the Vatican. I tell the Pope, if you don't believe in walls, then drop yours around the Vatican. Practice what you preach. But like I was saying, if you are not a legitimate country like the United States or Canada, you should not be allowed to have your own currency. And Bitcoin and Libra is definitely not a currency. It's just a way to launder money. That's all it is. So where do you go from there? We're going to go to another song. We're 34 minutes into the show, all right? And this one is a tragedy. Deer season is upon us. And this is about a hunter who dies after a deer attacks him. God rest his soul. So this tragedy is on the list of odd hunting-related deaths the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission has investigated. It says, I've worked for the Game and Fish Commission for 20 years, and it's one of the strangest things that's ever happened, said Keith Stevens, the chief of communications with the agency. Officials said 66-year-old Thomas Alexander shot a buck with a muzzle loader, like the pilgrims used to have, remember, the muzzle loaders, while hunting near Yellville. I don't know how long he left it there, but he went up to check it to make sure it was dead, the deer he's speaking of, and it evidently wasn't, Stephen said. And then Stephen said that is when the deer attacked him. So the deer was playing dead or playing possum because that's what possums do. They want you to think they're dead, but they're pretending to be dead, but they're playing possum. So this deer was playing possum, all right? So the guy walks up to the deer thinking it was dead and it attacks him. It got back up and it had several puncture wounds on his body, he said. So the deer put the horns to this guy. And the agency reported Alexander was by himself, but he was able to call his family, who called emergency responders, and he later passed away at the hospital. And the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission said, it is unclear whether Alexander died from those puncture wounds from the deer or from another cause like a heart attack. Well... God rest his soul, folks. That's the lesson to be learned when you're out in the woods hunting and you shoot an animal and you think it's dead. You might want to wait a few minutes to see if it's actually dead and not playing possum. You might want to walk up to it and from a distance put another bullet in it just to make sure, right? Because those deer can be pretty mean. So, we're going to go to another song. And this is a song by Young the Giant, and it's called Superposition. Once again, you're tuned to the Louis Live, and I hope you're enjoying the show. 
And once again, you're going to want to turn this up. Young the Giant 
with their new song called Superposition. It's a really good song. I like it a lot. I think they should have somebody in the background singing a little falsetto, kind of bring it up another level. But it's good just the way it is, too. So, where do we go from there? I talk to people a lot about technology and how people are being spied on by their smartphones and whatnot. Yet again, this is another article. It says, who's listening? Amazon, Google, smart speakers were vulnerable to hackers, the experts say. Some security experts exposed how Amazon, Alexa, and Google's assistant were vulnerable to hackers. That's right, folks. There's always hackers. You know, there's always some dirty, low-life people out there thinking a way of stealing your money, your information, anything. You know, a lot of people just steal for the heck of it, right? Some bad people out there, folks. So it says Amazon Alexa had a vulnerability that hackers could exploit. Security Research Lab said it found third-party app developers had access to customized user voice commands, which could allow eavesdropping or password phishing. The company posted a demo on YouTube showing a user trying to use an app, but was told it doesn't run in their country. But even though the device was silent, the app continued to run and listen in the background. And after a while, the app announced an update and asked the user to say their password. Amazon and Google assistants do not ask users to reveal passwords when working correctly. So keep that in mind, folks. If you're using your Alexa or Siri or whatever, and it says you need to upgrade your password, shut it down. Do not give out your passwords to anybody. It's like I say, there's always someone out there trying to steal from you. It's like when you're watching The Wizard of Oz and Dorothy meets the Good Witch. And she asks Dorothy, she says, are you a good witch or a bad witch? Because that's how she sees people. Basically, you're either a good person or a bad person. Regardless of who you are or what you are, folks, that's basically all it comes down to. If you're a good person or a bad person. And I don't know why anybody would want to be a bad person. Speaking of bad people, here's another set of bad people. A school in St. Louis has forfeited the 2019 season and fired all of its football coaches after a scandal involved a suspended player participating while disguised as a non-existent one. Can you imagine that? That's a new one for the books, folks. So it says Cardinal Ritter College Prep had won all seven football games that played this season but you won't find a single one of them in the record books. It says, right now you won't find any coaches still on its staff, and you won't find Marvin Burks, 
the freshman at the center of the scandal that cost the Lions its 2019 season. It says, that's because despite playing in the Lions season opener against Chicago's Nazareth Academic Academy, I'm sorry, Burks doesn't exist. According to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch junior running back Bill Jackson, who normally wears number four, donned number 24 that game. The roster lists Burke as number 24. And to make matters worse, Jackson was supposed to be suspended for the opener. He had gotten ejected during the 2018 Class 3A state championship game. And by rule, a player that has been ejected is ineligible to play the next game, even if it takes place the following season. Instead, Jackson sat out the team's fall jamboree game, which doesn't count. So this player is suspended from playing, but they listed him as another player with another number, and they got caught. So they all got fired. Serves them right, doesn't it, folks? You know, and this isn't even professional football or anything. So, where do you go from there? It says uh, Vermont is getting $4.3 million in sub-oxen settlement. So, Attorney General T.J. Donovan says the state has reached a settlement with drug distributor Weckett Beckinser Group. The money will go to the Vermont medical system and to a whistleblower who is getting $900,000. Can you imagine that? Donovan's office says Reckitt claimed Suboxone was less subject to diversion than other products and took steps to keep a generic version of the drug from hitting the market. Trying to monopolize the market, folks, by keeping other drugs off the market. So, they're going to get a settlement of $4.3 million, the state of Vermont is. And out of that, $900,000 is going to the whistleblower. It's pretty good for a day's work, isn't it? $900,000 to turn in a drug company. I'm sure everybody already knew it. Why it took this person to bring it to the front, I don't know. Speaking of the medical industry, it says Montpelier is facing a 25% healthcare cost increase. That's a lot, isn't it? Vermont's capital city is facing a 25% increase in its healthcare costs, which is expected to add 4.5% to the municipal budget. Wow. Where are they going to get that from? We're talking about a state that is over $4 billion in the red from the pension plans, which they don't really like talking about either. Ongoing Montpelier Finance Director Todd Preventure says the high cost of the health care plan increase came because the city last year paid $1.2 million in premiums to Blue Cross Blue Shield of Vermont and had $2.4 million in claims. Preventure is still waiting on quotes from the state's 
other health care providers, but he says those rates are expected to be even higher. Wow, even higher than 25%. Can you imagine that? Montpelier said 119 employees has too many to be eligible to join the more affordable Vermont Health Connect, which has a 100-employee limit. So they have 119 employees. They're over by 19. They don't qualify. Mayor Ann Watson, I'm assuming, of Montpelier. It doesn't say, but I'm assuming that it is. Mayor Ann Watson says she would like to see the 100-employee cap increased. Well, of course she would. And then that way all the government employees would qualify. Whereas if any other company that has over 100 employees won't qualify. Is that fair? I don't think so. That's how it is with government folks. You notice how with Obamacare, for instance. Nancy Pelosi said, we have to pass Obamacare before we can read Obamacare, to know what is in Obamacare. Is that one of the dumbest things you've ever heard in your life? Of course it is. Why anyone agreed to pass Obamacare is beyond me, but doesn't matter to the politicians because they have the Cadillac insurance plan. That's what it's called. They pay a 100% everything Politicians never see a bill. But they told us that Obamacare was great. It was going to fit the needs of everybody across the board. Regardless of who you were, what you are, how old you are, Obamacare was going to be the end all of all other insurance plans. This is it. Top of the line. No reason to even consider any other insurance plans besides Obamacare. That's why they unconstitutionally force people to pay for it. And if you didn't pay for it, you were penalized. And if you didn't pay the penalties, you didn't get your tax refunds. They didn't say any studies about how many people that hurt, did they? Nah, they never would. Because it's going against the Democrats, which they love to sweep things under the rug. It was Republicans, be a totally different story. They would tell you how horrific Obamacare really was and that none of them would have even considered signing it into law. But Nancy Pelosi, once again, Speaker of the House, says we have to pass Obamacare to know what's in Obamacare. And after that, the Democrats and Republicans because all these politicians in D.C. are a bunch of swamp monsters. They voted to exempt themselves from Obamacare. Because like I say, they have the Cadillac insurance policies that pays everything. Yep, Obamacare is so great. It's what Bernie said. It's what Elizabeth Warren said. That's what Obama said. Obama said, if you like your doctor, you could keep your doctor. 
flat out lie. You know, most of these politicians in Washington, D.C. folks are all Ivy League lawyers. So they knew what was in Obamacare because they wrote it. But yet afterwards, they voted to exempt themselves from Obamacare. And every one of the Democrats running for president of the United States of America, they all want to do away with all of the insurance companies in the United States, and they want to have Medicare for all. For all. Except for them, because you know damn well, if they were to pass Medicare for all, these swamp creatures in Washington, D.C., these Ivy League lawyer politicians... They would once again vote to exempt themselves. How would they even pay for all of that? They asked Elizabeth Warren several times. I can't believe even Chris Matthews of CNN News. He kept asking Elizabeth Warren, will the middle class be paying for this? For this Obamacare slash Medicare for all, because that's basically what it is. Obamacare was basically putting everybody on Medicare. That's all it was, folks. But now they want everybody, every single person in the United States, whether you're here legally or illegally, they want everybody on Medicare for all. And you know darn well, these Ivy League rich lawyer slash politicians are going to vote to exempt themselves once again, just like they did Obamacare. It's not right. And they asked Elizabeth Warren numerous times, are the middle class going to have to pay for this Obamacare slash Medicare? And she will not answer regardless of who was asking her. She sidetracks the issue. Bernie's the same way. The only one who honestly said that the middle class and all of the working class in the United States of America, he said it was going to be the biggest chunk out of your paycheck. Joe Biden confronted Elizabeth Warren Kamala Harris and all of them at the debate confronted them all to their face on live television telling them that he had reviewed Medicare for all. You're talking about a hundred trillion dollars. And he said to all of the other candidates on the stage at the Democrat presidential debate He confronted them all and he said, the working class, it's going to be the biggest chunk out of their paycheck. And now, at the last debate, Joe Biden wouldn't even discuss it. It was like they didn't even ask him. They stayed away from him. But think about it, folks. We're in the year 2019. Our country's deficit is about 
trillion dollars and it never gets paid down. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's like the majority of the people in the United States live it on credit and they only make the minimum payment every month. So they're only paying the interest and they're never actually paying down their bills. And that's where the United States is, folks. We're at $21 trillion deficit and it's never going to get paid down. So when you're talking about education for all, when you're talking about Medicare for all, you're talking about these socialist programs that all of these Socialist on the Democrat presidential ticket, right? They're not Democrats anymore, folks. They're all socialists slash communists slash progressives, whatever. But they're definitely not John F. Kennedy Democrats. And like I said, Camelot is dead. But logically speaking, the country's in debt. $21 trillion dollars never gets paid down. And all of a sudden, they want to add another $100 trillion under the backs of our children and their children. Because it's never going to get paid down. No way. But realistically speaking, what they could do is pay down student loans. They could pay down Parent PLUS loans. Because that's really where the debt is, folks, in the United States of America. It's not so much student loans. It's the Parent PLUS loans. The people that worked all of their lives and took out loans for their kids to go to college. And a lot of these kids create their own degrees. So when they get out of college four, five, even six years or so later, they get out of college, they graduate, they have a degree which they created, but there's no jobs for this degree that they created. You know, and I say shame on these colleges for doing this to these children. You know, these children are like 18 years old. You know, a lot of them have never even worked a day in their life. That's one of the major problems with kids nowadays, folks. We're going to go to a song in a minute, but I just want to say that a lot of the kids nowadays, they have a $1,000 smartphone in their hand, which their parents paid for. They have a big screen television in their bedrooms, which their parents paid for. A lot of them are driving a new car, which their parents paid for, or they're driving their parents' car, which their parents pay for. Are we getting the message across here, folks? They've got a refrigerator full of school, I mean, full of food, which your parents pay for. And clothes on their back, which their parents pay for. And they have a credit card in their pocket, which their parents pay for. You know, are we getting the message here, folks? 
you are an enabler to your children and they know nothing. They get out of high school, they know nothing. They don't have home economics class in school anymore. They don't teach civics in school anymore. They don't teach anything. Did you see what happened on the news the other day? Elizabeth Warren had a rally, right? They said about a thousand people showed up. From the crowd size that I saw, I would say maybe 300 people showed up. But what they did do was they closed the high school next door to her rally and they closed down the college telling all the students they could go to Elizabeth Warren's rally to actually make it look like somebody showed up at her rally. And they showed all of these students walking down the sidewalk, high school students, college students, all going down the street to see Elizabeth Warren speak at her rally. And that's the only way that she could get anyone to show up, folks. It's God's honest truth. They were bragging how, oh, a thousand people showed up at Elizabeth Warren's rally. Well, you know, folks, I was watching Donald Trump when he was running for president. And he was in Wisconsin, I believe it was, talking to a packed stadium. And as always, there's another 20, 30,000 people outside watching him on the large television screens. And this was about 10 o'clock at night or so. It was a live broadcasting of the rally. I believe it was in Wisconsin. And he says, you know, I've only done a couple of uh, rallies today. I've still got some energy left in me. He says, I'm going to go down to Virginia right now. I'm going to hop on the plane and fry from Wisconsin down to Virginia, I believe it was, and host another rally. And as soon as he said that, they showed on live television down in Virginia, thousands and thousands of people lined up to listen to him speak when he got there. It was about midnight or so. They showed two lines of people and they said the lines were about five miles long. Can you imagine that? To go to a rally to listen to Donald Trump who wasn't even the president then. He wasn't even a politician. He'd never held a political office. He was just a person who was speaking the language of the people who are so tired of of having the Democrats' views shoved down their throat. Because we've all seen from the last few years or so that your opinion doesn't matter, your vote doesn't matter. And they tell you, we've heard Hillary say this, if you're not a Democrat, then you're a deplorable. Apparently, you follow Donald Trump. You're a Trump supporter. And you are a deplorable. And Joe Biden has said even worse. And that's one thing that you don't see on television is the Republicans go around calling people names. Now, President Donald Trump the other night 
had just about had enough of these people ragging on him 